Uh, our two-a-days wrap up as NFL training camps are open. Earlier, we covered the Super Bowl champs, the Los Angeles Rams, and now we turn our attention to the runners-up, the Cincinnati Bengals. It's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. So, friends, let us get to the Cincinnati Bengals right now. We welcome in Tony Pike, former quarterback at University of Cincinnati and host of Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530 in the Queen City. Tony, Chris Carlin and Chris Canty here on ESPN Radio. We appreciate a few minutes. And just first of all, take us 10,000 feet above this. The city of Cincinnati, the organization themselves, when they take a step back and look back at what happened last year, did it all come together a whole lot quicker than was anticipated? And how do they anticipate handling this kind of success? Yeah, I think that's the, the biggest question going forward, guys, because they are so ahead of schedule from two wins to four wins. If you look back to last season at this time, the question in Cincinnati was, is Zach Taylor the right guy to be the coach? Joe Burrow was coming off a major reconstructive knee surgery. They had questions on the O-line. They had questions on the D-line. Flash forward to this year, the conversation is about Joe Burrow got his appendix out and can they handle the target on their back? And that really falls on Zach Taylor. He's, he's done wonders since he got to Cincinnati on creating a culture in the locker room that they put their head down, they go to work, and anytime you got number nine at quarterback, I think that's going to keep you grounded enough when you start getting the accolades that this team's receiving. Yeah, and, and Tony, one of the things that this team was focused on was upgrading the offensive line this offseason, but another area that they focused a lot of attention was on the defensive side of the ball with three of their first draft picks being invested with that unit. Can you tell us the latest on what's going on with um, their their franchise player, Jesse Bates, and how that potentially impacts the plan that they have for their first-round pick, Dax Hill? Well, they drafted Dax Hill. They spent a uh... – they spent two of their top three picks on uh, secondary players. So the Jesse Bates situation, Duke Tobin, the, the de facto GM in Cincinnati, earlier this week said they've been trying for years to get this deal done with Jesse Bates. The conversation here in Cincinnati is neither side or close. No one expects Jesse Bates to show up for training camp. They do expect him to take that $12.9 million and show up for the season. If not, they do have a backup plan. They drafted their backup plan, but um, it, it feels as we get closer to this that whether it's during the season, whether it's after the season, that this is going to be the last time Jesse Bates is in a Bengal uniform. They essentially drafted his replacement, and they've invested on this side of the ball in positions where you can get after the passer and you can try to defend the pass. It's a very pass-happy league. It's a pass-happy division. They drafted to try to address that, even if it's not Jesse Bates on the field for training camp. Tony Pike, former quarterback, University of Cincinnati, and host of Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. When you look at this team, what is the biggest weakness that they have? Well, left guard is still going to be a, a glaring hole for this team. They need to figure out if Jackson Carmen, who they invested in last year, is going to be the guy at left guard. If not, the depth of this team immediately becomes a question. Their starters are strong from top to bottom, but you have to wonder depth in the secondary, depth at edge rusher, 
depth on the offensive line. A lot of people in Cincinnati thought Riley Reef may still be an option for this team. He signed a $10 million deal with the Chicago Bears today. So this team, on paper, as a starting unit, is strong. The depth is going to be a serious question. And for a team that really got by without many major injury concerns last year, you just hope that they can stay on that side because you just don't know what they have from a depth standpoint at this point of the season. Tony, what's the satisfaction level for the people in Cincinnati and the Bengals fans around the country in terms of where they're at with this program under the guidance of Zach Taylor? Uh, light years ahead of where we thought. I mean, if you look at last year, uh, winning that playoff game against the Raiders for many fans in Cincinnati would have been icing on the cake. And then you go on this run and you go to Tennessee and you have the comeback against Kansas City. It has left this city now just wanting more of the next step. And I think anyone would be crazy to say, okay, they're going to go back to the Super Bowl for sure. But it feels like they have a contending team in a loaded AFC. And if you're looking now in Cincinnati, that mindset shifts back to winning the AFC North. It seems like Mm. it's a winnable division. It's a very tough division. But if you can win the AFC North and maybe host a playoff game, again, I go back to what we started with. If Joe Burrow is your quarterback in the playoffs, I like your chances in those one-game sets. So that's where it's at. Start with the AFC North, find a way back into the playoffs, and then let Joe Burrow, Burrow, Joe Burrow do what he does best. Tony, when we've been doing these two-a-days, we've talked about strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So where are the opportunities and where are the threats for the Cincinnati Bengals in 2022? Well, the opportunity is going to be anyone that touches the ball in this skill position group. I mean – If you look from Jamar Chase to T. Higgins to Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst is a former first-round draft pick that the Bengals picked up at tight end. I think he's going to be an upgrade from C.J. Uzama. You then have the offensive line that's been retooled. Joe Mixon's coming off a 1,000-plus yard season, and now he's running behind his best offensive line to date. So from a weapon standpoint, this team can explode in many different ways. On the defensive side of the ball, I think you do have to concern yourself. You do have to worry a little bit at the middle of the defense. Logan Wilson was fantastic last year. Akeem Davis-Gaither missed due to injury. But they did not really invest a ton at linebacker this year. And in a league where linebackers have to match up against running backs and tight ends and slot receivers, is that a linebacker? Is that a Mike Hilton? That could be a threat that this team's going to have to deal with at some point especially with the question mark around Jesse Bates at the back end of the defense. Tony, one of the things that's been hard to ignore is the explosion that's happened in the quarterback market this offseason with guys getting paid left and right. Aaron Rodgers, of course, setting a high watermark at $50 million a year. Are there any preparations that the Bengals are going through as we speak right now in terms of getting ready to address Joe Burrow's contract after this upcoming season? Mike Brown very rarely makes public appearances here in Cincinnati. He held his annual luncheon yesterday, and he addressed very openly that they are not blind to the fact that Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and even Tyler Boyd contracts are coming down the chute. And he even mentioned, really without being asked, that Joe Burrow's contract is what they need to attack next. And I think when you look at that, With the Jesse Bates situation, I think that's where the the disconnect is. I don't think they can pay Jesse Bates and then pay the receivers and the skill players that they have. So it's already on the radar. If you look at Kyler Murray's contract and where Joe Burrow should be ranked ahead of Kyler Murray, and you're going to see where Lamar Jackson sets this market, 
I, I could easily see five hundred million, fifty Oof. plus million a year for Joe Oof. Burrow going forward. It, it's not out of the the realm of possibilities that this team could have eighty million dollars a year tied up in three players in Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins, and that's for a roster this year that's about two hundred and ten for the whole roster. That's going to be a big change going forward for Mike Brown and the Cincinnati Bengals, but Joe Burrow will always be priority number one for this organization. Well, I don't think we've ever talked positively that much about money and the Cincinnati Bengals like <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's been crazy because if you look at this, this organization, they added the ring of honor. Uh, they, their social media engagement is so much better. They've added the new uniforms, the new helmets. They – they're, so, they're light years ahead of what they were in years past. And to hear Mike Brown talking about you got to spend money, they're, they're, they're going to sell the naming rights to the stadium because they realize they've got to bring in more money. They, they've got to increase that cash flow because what's coming down the chute that is refreshing here in Cincinnati um, from a, a week-in, week-out basis, and, and they've done it on the field. They spent money in free agency the last two years. This team is putting all their chips on the table, and – a year removed from a Super Bowl run, it, it seems to be all paying off. Tony, great stuff. We appreciate the insight. Anytime, guys. I appreciate you. Tony Pike, former quarterback at University of Cincinnati, host of Cincinnati three or Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530 in the Queen City. I Look, their schedule is, it's not brutal. It's not easy. Mm. It's not easy because the division is going to be relatively tough, but they... They and they have a first-place schedule because they won their division last year, so that means right. they're playing the Buffalo Bills. That means they're playing the Kansas, Kansas City. City Chiefs. Yep. You know, they're dealing with those teams. So Yeah, absolutely. And then they also, you know, they get the NFC South, which at least you get Atlanta and Carolina as two virtual guaranteed wins. I'd be, I'd be very surprised that the additional game they get in the NFC is the Cowboys in Week 2. Hmm. That is... That's can't miss right there. Yeah. I'll be looking forward to watching that. Yeah. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on ESPN Plus, we've had a little bit of an issue going on behind the scenes here in regards to the Bengals' new helmets and their uniforms. We'll try to settle that in a moment. And Chris said something just absolutely outrageous isn't the word. Egregious, maybe. We'll explain what that is. He said it off the air to me, and I'm going to feel free to share our private conversations. <laughs> and that's coming up in just moments. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. So cute when I see stupid headlines. <laughs> it, it honestly is. I just I love to chuckle. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, this stupid headline in question, Heat remained disinclined to trade Bam Adebayo for Kevin Durant. Why? Why would you be? First of all, you can't do it. Uh, because because the, the Simmons Nets have to get rid of Ben Simmons. They have to get rid of Ben Simmons. But, I mean, you would let Bam Adebayo hold up the Kevin Durant deal? 
Bam Adebayo who disappeared in the postseason. Yeah, that Bam guy. Adebayo. That same one. I swear to God, I I get the whole. I swear, you know, I would say by the end of the summer, Amber and I have been friends for a long time. She is just going to flat out hate me <laughs> when it comes to the Heat because the Heat are just aggravating me now in in the idea that the Heat culture pulls everybody together and makes everybody so much better than they actually are. Mm-hmm. Bam Adebayo is a really good player. Don't get me wrong. He's a good player. The, the idea that you would – the Celtics are willing to trade Jalen Brown in a deal to get Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. and you're not willing to trade Bam Adebayo? Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, I don't That's understand that. That's a joke. That. I don't understand that. I mean, Jalen Brown is a multiple-time All-Star, and you're talking about him being on the cusp of being an All-NBA performer. And they're willing to part ways with him if it means them getting Kevin Durant. And you wouldn't think about including him in a deal for Kevin Durant, Bam out of bio in a deal for Kevin Durant if you're Miami? How else are you going to get Kevin Durant? You think it's going to be Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson Ooh. and a, a bunch of draft picks? You we'll, think that's going to move the needle for the Nets? We'll give you Max Struess. Come on, man. Please. Come on, man. Oh, no, no, wait. I'm sorry. New headline. This just in. They are disinclined to trade Max Dis- Strauss disinclined. in a deal okay. Okay. for Kevin Durant. Come right. on. Right. Just stop. You know what that means? They're just saying we're not serious about Kevin Durant. And you know who this plays into the hands of? The Boston Celtics. Because I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again. The Brooklyn Nets can't balk at this offer from the Celtics because no team has a player of this caliber on the table for the Nets right now. Can't no you- team. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. And so the idea is this. Now that the Celtics are in the mix to potentially uh, trade for Kevin Durant, although they're not closer than anybody else at this point, I think it's fair to say that Jalen Brown is probably the best player that we have heard mentioned in any trade rumor. Is that fair to say? There's no question about it. In any of them. In any of them. There's no question. So if it's going to happen anywhere... That's where you would think it would happen. However, I don't want to get greedy here. It's not about being greedy. It's about coming close to value. And I can balk at that if I'm the Nets. Okay. And, and I know I know that I'm, pro- I'm jeopardizing having Kevin Durant just say, all right, I'm good, I'm not playing, until you move me. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. With everything that I have been through, if I'm Sean Marks, and Josai, over the last 10 years, to put ourselves in this position, first of all, to get these guys, then to get them, and then to have them all skip town when things, you know, turn south for the first time, because one of them, I can't get to show up for work half the time, more than half the time, frankly. Well, that's just not acceptable. At some point, you have to be held accountable and to what your word is. And Durant signed that contract Last year, like, is it even a full year ago? I don't know that it is. It was at the beginning of last season. Yeah. Yeah. Four more years he's got on this deal. I have reached the point, even though Woj says the Nets still want to trade him, if but on their terms, I'm that's where I have to be. I I know, I know we can chuckle, like, where what are they going to get for him in return? Chris, I, I do have to look at it and and honestly say. This guy is just that much different and that special that I am willing to sit and wait. And if he doesn't want to play, he's 34, that's on him.
That sounds good, Carlin, but but here's the thing. If you're the Nets, you're thinking about trying to move your franchise forward. At some point, you're going to have to accept a trade for Kevin Durant, and if he takes the approach that he's willing to sit out, what does that do to his trade value? It's going to plummet, Carlin. And so you're you're running the risk of being in a situation where you're not going to recruit any assets of significance in terms of allowing your franchise to push the reset button and to get back to a place where you can be competitive sooner well, rather than later. I, there is somebody that recently has done this and has done it exceptionally well, if we're being fair about it, and that's Daryl Morey and what he did with Ben Simmons. In a, in a stare down, he waited it out and said, I'm not going to trade this guy away for just nothing, just to get him off the team. And he ended up getting the guy that he wanted all along in James Harden. Now, granted... James Harden wanted out. Yeah, James Harden so wanted we're, out. So we're going to trade problem for problem. But at least Daryl Morey not knew what he was trading for, knew yeah, what he was dealing with. Yeah, but that might not necessarily be the case when it comes to somebody that wants out of their situation and that being a fit in what Brooklyn has. I understand that, but he waited it out to get the proper value, and he did. So if we're talking about the trade value plummeting... It is may it, in it, a moment, it, but it may shoot back up. But is it proper value for Ben Simmons? Did he get proper value? Getting a James Harden that's past his prime, is that proper value? I think that's to be determined in the next two years. I don't know. I mean, think about this. If we're talking about the Ben Simmons from two years ago and not the Ben Simmons that was terrible in the playoffs was, when we last saw him and the Ben Simmons is, that said he wasn't going to play. As great of a passer and as great as a rebounder and as great of a defender as he is, dude's not a winning player. He's not. <laughs> Well, he's an all-NBA player, Carlin, and yeah. I think that was the point. Like, did you can you say that you got the right amount of value for Ben Simmons? I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to take that posture. I think Daryl Morey did the best he could given the circumstances, but I don't think he got 100, he pennies, on, well. 100 pennies on the dollar. No. I, well, I mean, he did give up two other guys with him to get the deal done and draft picks as well. So, look, if I'm the Nets, I, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be patient, and I'm sorry if KD is not happy about that, but we've done everything else to make you happy. Sorry. You have to bite the bullet on this one. It's going to be interesting in Brooklyn. Never a dull moment. Hmm. But the only thing that we can say about them definitively is that they're not competing for a title. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on ESPN Plus. Up next, what, what, just honestly, what does a player have to do for people to finally just believe in his abilities. There is one player that that continues to be the case with, and nobody wants to believe in him, including his own team. We'll explain what we're talking about next on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The situation could be Dak Prescott on steroids. Remember we talked about Dak's contract for like two years? Well, this could drag out. I, I don't think it's a slam dunk that they're going to get something done. I don't see why he would take less. As long as he's willing to push this thing out, there's no reason why you should give them any sort of discount. He's a baller. He wants to go out there and play regardless. Um, but, you know, th- this could get tricky over the next few months. Look, I don't know if it's him 
at this point, he has clearly had reservations about signing a long-term contract. Mm. I don't know if it's that the offers are just nowhere near what they should be, but the fact that Lamar Jackson continues to just, on the overall evaluation level across football, get the lack of respect that he does is staggering. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. And this, to me, just reeks of a couple of things. Number one, the supreme athleticism that he has. I honestly believe, in so many instances, Chris, that works against a quarterback that can actually throw it because their highlight reels become more about when they're making guys miss and running all over the place. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Yep. Number two, if you're just looking at numbers when it comes to Lamar Jackson for last year, you you just you just stop stop watching the game, honestly, yeah. because Lamar Jackson, what he was able to do last year with all of the injuries that that team had, remarkable. And then you've got somebody, and I heard Bart talking about this earlier today. You've got somebody like Marquise Brown who says, you know, didn't necessarily want to play in that same system or whatever. You know, the last time I looked. Uh, Marquise Brown is a guy that had plenty of the dropsies along the way mm-hmm. and also had 1,100 yards last year. Yeah. So what are we complaining about with Lamar Jackson? Like, I just don't understand the continued level of disrespect that is shown to him as a quarterback. I don't get it either, Carlin. And think about this. Lamar Jackson, before he got hurt, had an 8-4 and four record for the Baltimore Ravens, and they were in the pole position to win the AFC North. That's where they were last year. So you can say what they want after they caught that L to Pittsburgh and they fell down to 8-4. and four, That's when the wheels came off of their season. And you're talking about Tyler Huntley trying to step in. Even though he played admirably, there's a difference between Tyler Huntley and Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson is a supreme talent at the quarterback position. And to your point about the narrative that gets spun because he's such an athlete, Lamar Jackson decided when he went to the combine once upon a time, he wasn't going to run a 40 for that very same reason. Because people were going to slot him as an athlete more so than a quarterback. That's how you get these crazy quotes from anonymous defensive coordinators saying that he's going to be a number one football player, but he'll never be a tier one quarterback just because of how he plays and not believing that you can have success at the highest levels of this sport doing it the way that Lamar does it. It's ridiculous. And Carlin, I got to be honest, it's put me in a position where I want to root hard for the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson to win this year. Because I want to dispel this misnomer that there's no chance that you can get it done playing the way that Lamar Jackson plays and having an organization build the team in the offensive philosophy around what the quarterback does best. It's absolutely ridiculous to me. This guy has an MVP. We saw the test case in his rookie season, Carlin. He took over a 4-5 and five team that was being led by Joe Flacco, and he ended up making the playoffs. I mean, what more do you need to know? I get quarterback... Quarterback wins isn't a stat, but this guy wins more games than anybody else that was drafted since 2018. That's what he does. Here's what I need. To, here's all I need to know. If you are going to go and look at last year's stats and say this guy's not very good, since his rookie year, he has thrown for 8,700 yards, 78 touchdowns, 28 picks in 42 games, and has been dealed with has been dealing with injuries to himself and also his teammates and then we didn't even mention the fact that over that same span he's rushed for nearly three thousand yards mm. and sixteen touchdowns. It's absurd. And I 
I can only say it this way, and this is going to sound silly, but I think it, I think fans probably feel like I do about this. As a Steeler fan, I hate facing Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. because I just know that no matter how well you prepare for that guy, he is going to be very difficult to contain. When you have to face a quarterback that can do everything that he can do and do it at the level that he can do it, it's maddening, and it it just leads, and you can speak to this, obviously, so much better. The frustration of a defense when you have a player or a team pinned on a third down and a guy like that goes and makes a play and keeps you on the field, how deflating it is. No question about it, Carlin. And you don't have to look any further than week two last season when they played the Chiefs in that Sunday night primetime game. You remember that game? I remember that game very, very that well. That was a game we were circling all offseason before the, when the schedules yeah, got announced. Yeah, because we wanted to see if Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens would finally be able to get over the hump and beat Pat Mahomes head-to-head. And I think about the comments that people make about Lamar Jackson. Well, if he's in a situation where he's got to throw the football, there's no way that this team is going to win that game. They got no shot at being able to win that game. Well, Carlin, if you think back to that game, that he played against the Kansas City Chiefs in week two. The Ravens were down 35-24 at the end of the third quarter. They were down 35-24, and they end up winning that damn game because of Lamar Jackson. Now, toward the end of it, when they had control of the ball, they went with more of a running offense. But guess what? They were bleeding the clock, and they were doing what it takes to win the game at that standpoint. I I just don't understand Why, when we see this guy execute in those situations and come out on the winning side of it, why are we so quick to dismiss him just because it doesn't look like the other quarterbacks around the National Football League? I don't understand it. Everybody wants to praise Justin Herbert for what he is and what he's going to be, and Justin Herbert is great. He's thrown for 69 touchdowns in two years. Congratulations. Still ain't been in the playoffs. Lamar, Lamar Jackson, all he does is go to the playoffs. All they do is win games. Even in Week 18 last year, they limped to the finish line. Guess what? Against the Steelers. They had a chance to go to the playoffs if they had won that game. All I'm simply saying is this guy puts you in position to win. Can he win a playoff game on the road? Check that box. Is, is he going to play at an MVP level? Check that box. What more do we need to see from Lamar Jackson before people are actually buying in that this guy can get it done and win at the highest levels in this sport. It doesn't make sense. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. The sweepstakes are about to begin when it comes to Juan Soto. We go three and out in just moments. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Juan Soto is going to get traded before the deadline. That's mm-hmm. becoming clearer and clearer by the day. Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. Chris, this is a guy that I really don't think people are understanding how great of a player he is. Now, this morning I was listening to Jeff Passan on uh, the ESPN Daily Podcast with Pablo Torre, which, by the way, if you don't subscribe, you should. It's awesome. Um, and he said 
this is trading Kevin Durant. This is trading an all-time great player, and he's 23 years old. And the thing that I found most interesting about this is that he's going to want $500 million mm-hmm. when it comes to free agency. Yep. But we're two and a half years away from free agency. You have teams that are more than willing to trade for him to get his year 23, 24, and 25 seasons out of him and then let him become a free agent because with Scott Boris, we know that's always likely to happen to begin with. So if you're a team like the Dodgers and you're a team like the Cardinals, you can give up a lot to get two and a half years of Soto and then if he likes it there, you keep him there. Yeah, I don't know that teams are not going to teams that aren't going to resign him are willing to give up what it's going to take in order to pry him from the years. Washington Nationals. Remember that two and a half years is a long time, but think about this: because he has that level of team control, that time it's going to be a king's ransom yes. in order to get him from the Nats. And so, essentially, <laughs> passing what called what the, what the asks are so far asinine. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, essentially, what you're giving up is your future. Yeah. So Juan Soto would represent that team's future. I don't know that there's going to be a team that's going to fork over the assets that it's going to take to get him and not resign him. Because think about this, man. This guy turned down 15 years, a $440 million. Mm-hmm. Like, it's clear that he doesn't want to be there. The Washington Nationals understand that. And so now it's about being able to fetch the best deal. And for them, it makes sense to move him, you know, before the end of next week in the trade deadline as opposed to waiting another year or waiting to the offseason because you're going to get more for him. Whatever team trades for him, they're going to get him for the stretch run this year, not to mention the two other years. You really need to go and look at Soto's numbers. But just to give you an idea how great he is, Got this over the weekend from ESPN Stats and Info. There are currently 224 players in the major leagues with 1,500 plate appearances. Mm -hmm. He is the only one who has more career walks than strikeouts. Wow. The only one. That's how well this guy controls the strike zone. And it's not about the high amount of walks that he has. It's about the low amount of strikeouts. Like we talk He's putting about, the ball in play. Exactly. We talk about all the great players today. They are not doing it at that level, and that should not be lost. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Hot Ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you can earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats Rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens live. You know, it's a hot ticket over in Queens with the Mets and Yankees getting together for the first time. Two first-place teams. By the way, I had to come up with some tickets for Harry Douglas for that one. (laughs) That's going to be fun to watch, right? Uh, Yeah. That's, That's going to be a fun, be a fun game to watch. Yeah. Next two nights, that will definitely be fun to watch. Got to thank today our guest, Tony Pike from Cincinnati on the Bengals, and also Kenny Anderson. 
who was promoting the uh, NYC Point Gods documentary on Showtime that debuts on July 29th. Right now, though, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Let's go three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out three and out brought to you by indeed attract interview and hire at indeed.com slash credit canty and carlin number one do we like the new bengals helmets they have uh white they're white helmets with the black stripes on the side as opposed to the orange helmets with the black stripes on the side a lot of consternation in our control room among my Ryan Matlack, SP, you know, a lot of folks going back and forth on this one. Your thoughts, Chris Cannon? I love the helmets. They are ice cold. I love them. Mm. I think they're going to go great with the white unis. They're going to look fantastic. And it signals a new era in Bengals football, right? Let's just move away from the orange helmets with the Bengals stripes. Let's go to something different because this is a different generation of athletes. It's a different generation of Bengal. And why not have something as significant as the helmet change to usher in this new era? I love it. SP, your thoughts? Canty hit it right on the head. The white helmets are fire. They're already at the top of the list for best uniforms of the year. I think it should be their away uniform, not an alternate. That should be their away uniform. That's how good the uniform is. It's not a zebra. It's a white Bengal tiger. (laughs) It's rare. It's aggressive. It's provocative. It'll get the fans going. I just can't wait until Joe Burrow accidentally throws to a referee. When Hell he mistakes no. them with his teammates. <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, You're just hating, Mad Lack. It's just hating. Listen, I love fashion, and there's been a lot of cool helmets coming out there, but these just aren't it. They look like the referees. No, they are it. They are it. You're missing the boat. You, you don't get it. It's okay. Yes! It's all right. I, for one, love them. Love them. Love them. And I hate the Bengals. Our favorite fighter, Juliana Pena, fighting this week. You know. Yes. She loves us. It's going down. Amanda Nunes, right? Yep. Yes, sir. Amanda Nunes. The road to the rematch is on. Bantamweight champ Juliana Pena, former champ Amanda Nunes. They've been going head-to-head as coaches on the historic 30th season of The Ultimate Fighter. Stream the series now exclusively on ESPN+. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com, but they are going head-to-head. And it just takes me back to just a few short weeks ago when uh, she had a lovely goodbye for us. Thank you, Chrissy's. Now, is she going into this fight as the underdog? I believe so, right? Nunes is a favorite, correct? I would think Minus so. 300. Minus 300? She's the overwhelming favorite then. Oh, wow. Yeah, they don't expect Juliana Pena to re- replicate her success. Zero respect. Oh, are you saying Juliana Pena is... No, you're saying Nunes is minus 300. Nunes yeah. is minus 300. Yeah, that's yes, what I was sorry. saying. Okay, yeah, Pena is the underdog. That's you know, what I was saying. You know, Plus yeah. you know what yeah. should happen here? Yeah. We should be in Juliana's corner. That's what should happen. I don't Thank know if there's Chrissy. anything that we can do to help her. No, there's not. It's just, you know, emotional support. Emotional support? Yeah. So we're kind of like the emotional support animals? <laughs> Although, I don't know. If you turn around after you're in the middle of a fight and you see me in your corner, my, that's not inspirational. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm getting million-dollar baby vibes. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Great job out of Justin Fields, the Bears quarterback. Why? Because at his press availability earlier today, uh, he was wearing a shirt 
that has been sold that honors uh, our friend Jeff Dickerson, who, of course, covered the Bears for many years. Of course, a longtime host here on ESPN Radio and uh, lost his battle with cancer uh, earlier this year. And a guy that, you know, I've seen Brian Matlack. I saw him up in Bristol a couple of weeks ago. He was wearing this sweatshirt uh, that's got JD with a bear in the middle. And it's, it's, it's a great-looking shirt. And, of course, you know, the proceeds go to benefit uh, cancer as well and cancer research as well. And, mm-hmm. Ryan, you've got that sweatshirt. I mean, listen, we established that your fashion sense moments ago was not good, but I will give you kudos on this, this sweatshirt. I was just going to say, I'm back in the game now because it is one of the greatest sweatshirts I've ever owned. I honestly shed a tear every time I put it on, and I'm just so happy that, A, the company that, that put it together was able to do that, but also so many people have shown uh, their respect, their love for Jeff, and uh, definitely means a lot to us here in the radio family. Yeah, we know Courtney is now uh, covering That's right. the Bears and, mm-hmm. and took over the job, and, and Jeff was a real mentor for Courtney Cronin, and she uh, was a huge part of the event with uh, honoring Jeff and Vaughn McClure in their foundation a, a couple of weeks ago in Chicago. Anyway, yeah, can just- we, yeah we have to give a shout-out to that community, too, yep. for being able to support um, Jeff Dickerson's son, Parker yep. Dickerson, who yep. lost both of his parents over the last two years to cancer and starting a GoFundMe and raising over $700,000 in order to support that young man and his future ambitions. So shout out to the entire Chicago community and shout out to Justin Fields for remembering the legacy of Jeff Dickerson. That's huge doing that at the beginning of training camp. Uh, just just awesome. Sets the, right, sets the right tone. Really does. Yeah. Really does. And our new producer coming in, Evan Wilner, was supposed to be with us today, but he's off. Why? His father is Barry Wilner, who, if you recognize the name, you have probably read one of his stories. Long-time NFL writer for the AP. So his stories have been everywhere, 46 years. And today, he celebrated his retirement at the NFL offices. And there's pictures with Evan, his father, family, Roger Goodell, they presented him with a football. I mean, it's it's awesome. Congratulations to Barry Wilner, longtime AP writer covering the NFL. That is awesome. And the NFL has come a long way since he first started covering it for the AP. So him being a part of the growth of the game and its popularity, you have to appreciate that. And that's the one thing, Carlin, that I don't think enough athletes recognize, how the media helps them in terms of growing the game and continuing to create interest. I think that's something that people have to be cognizant of. Athletes have to be cognizant of. If you like those big salaries, yep. then you need to be more engaging when it comes to the media members because they're helping to drive the interest, thereby drive the dollars that go into your pockets. Outstanding stuff from the league today in helping to honor Barry Wilner. Yep. And, by the way, the uh, Amanda Nunes fight against Juliana Pena this Saturday, American Airlines Center in Dallas on ESPN+. Plus. Pay-per-view, 10 p.m. Eastern, and prelims are on ABC and ESPN News. Or ESPN, excuse me. Should be great stuff Thank this you, Chrissy.